Uh, we are in Mark chapter 4 this morning, uh, 435 <clears throat> through verse 41, which is the end of that chapter. This chapter, in a sense, is a continuation uh, of the uh, ongoing saga here with Jesus and the disciples. Let's all mute our cell phones, please. All right, verse 35. We're told that on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, uh, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. They awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And then he arose, rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, Peace, be still. The wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Lord, uh, we are so thankful. We see the, the consternation, the, the confusion Lord, on the, in the hearts of the disciples, as they saw that incredible display of your power, Lord, your power over nature. And Lord, you have, you have revealed, Lord, yourself to us. And for that, we're so grateful. We're so thankful, Lord, for the, the ongoing insights and little epiphanal moments. Lord, those times when you reveal something of yourself, something of your wonderful nature to us. And we ask you to do that, Lord, once again this morning. And Father, as we read this particular story in the life of Christ and of the disciples, we're just reminded, Lord, how we like calm sailing. Lord, we don't like it when there's the choppy waves out there. We don't like it when the boat begins to take on water. But Lord, help us to remember that you're the Lord of the sea, the Lord of the earth, heaven and earth. And help us, Lord, when we come into our trials, Lord, that uh, we would trust you. Lord, we realize uh, there are trials that, that we would never wish for. But yet, Lord, we know that when you send them along, that you have a divine purpose, Lord, uh, and you want to also in it and through it, Lord, reveal something of yourself to us. And perhaps this morning, Lord, uh, we may be, some of us may be in a trial. And so we pray for just wisdom, comfort, insight. Lord, uh, we thank you that you're always there to give us, Lord, um, that, that fresh counsel, Lord, uh, new guidance, Lord, to buoy up, Lord, our faith, our trust in you. So, Lord, we praise you and thank you, and uh, we commit this time to you. We ask all these things, Father, in Jesus' precious name, amen. Well, as we uh, 
are in chapter 4 here. It's actually a continuation. It's been one long day uh, for Jesus and the disciples. And, G- and Jesus, no doubt, um, humanly speaking here, he's absolutely exhausted. Uh, ministry has a way of just sort of doing that as you're maybe pouring yourself. And as maybe you have ministered uh, in different situations where you just sort of pour yourself out uh, to the point where uh, when you get into bed at night, you just kind of literally fall like a tree, you know, into bed because you have just sort of poured yourself out. And that's happened actually uh, to Jesus here as we find he's on a cushion, the pilot's cushion actually in the back of the boat, uh, fast asleep. And, and I think too also, I think the devil would have loved to sink, uh, you know, the whole, the whole situation at this point. You know, the whole enterprise, um, you know, sinking the boat uh, because certainly, uh, you know, the devil is involved whenever uh, the Lord is working. Uh, he's trying to, you know, sort of like a dog snipping at the heels and that sort of thing. And I think that's the case here. But, you know, even if the boat, even if the boat sinks, God's work goes forward. I think Paul's an example of that. Remember, he was in three shipwrecks. Isn't that amazing? Uh, he survived three shipwrecks. Uh, one time it says he was basically for a 24-hour period, he was in the deep. You know, probably either treading water or holding on to some spar or something of that particular nature, kind of wondering, oh, Lord, what, what's in this? And of course, we see, you know, the shipwreck uh, there in uh, Acts 27, uh, where God just wonderfully, you know, uh, saves everybody on that ship because of Paul. Uh, we, we see that in the story there. Uh, the Lord telling him that, that he, the Lord has given him, you know, everyone. Everyone's going to survive because. Uh, you know, Paul, God's man, was on the ship. And I wonder sometimes, too, you know, because of, you know, the Lord placing us in situations, the blessings that come to other people uh, just simply because we're on God's errand. We're doing God's thing. And uh, the blessing, you know, uh, maybe, maybe it's the withholding of some terrible event uh, simply because, you know, God's man or God's woman is in that particular situation and he's going to protect them. Now, one of the things that we, we so often learn as a child of God is how to avoid trials. We don't, does anybody here like trials? And, you know, it's like, anybody here enjoy trials? No, we don't. But, you know, one of the things that we've come to know is that we oftentimes enjoy the benefit, uh, the blessing, and what God does in our life, you know, when we go through, you know, particular and difficult situations. And sometimes a trial may be of our own making. Remember Jonah. We talked about Jonah. We were in the book of Jonah, I think it was Wednesday night uh, a few months ago, uh, and his trial, in a sense, was really of his own making. Uh, he went to Nineveh, you know, via submarine. Uh, he could have gone another way. Uh, it would have been much easier, but uh, sometimes, too, you know, we, can, we need to be careful that we don't create our own trial uh, because of maybe in Jonah's case, we know it was simply disobedience. But, you know, sometimes, too, you know, often I believe that the trials are God's making. They're, they're his purpose. You know, he's working something. You know, somebody once said, you, I, don't, I don't know uh, how accurate this is, but it's something that uh, caught my attention and I've never forgotten, uh, that you're either going into a trial, you're in a trial, you're coming out of a trial. Uh, sometimes it seems like that, doesn't it? Um, but the fact of the matter is that even when we find ourselves in a trial, he's with us. Uh, that's one of the great comforts and promises of Scripture for the child of God that he will wonderfully be with us. Um, and so he uses the storms, the storms of life. They, they grow us. 
you know, he puts us maybe in a, in a situation where we have to trust him. Um, you know, we have to, we're forced. And, and this is one thing that God has done with my life so many times. Uh, he's put me in situations, and a lot of the situations I have volunteered for. And then when I find myself in, it's like, what did I do? How did I get myself in this mess? You know, what was wrong with me? Or whatever the case may be. And, and I think the Lord, you know, the Lord prompts us to maybe, you know, volunteer or get into a situation because he wants to use that to grow us, to deepen us, you know, to, to just, you know, get our roots down, you know, in him. And again, you know, sometimes I think um, we, uh, you know, we, uh, we, we perhaps stay away from getting involved in certain situations where maybe we're being prompted to get involved in a certain situation. Uh, I received a phone call um, down at the castle, and uh, the uh, director of uh, Harmony Ministries is John Bentley. You know Wes Bentley, his brother, and he's, he's the guy that we're going to Vietnam with. And so he called me, and uh, he wants me to go now a week earlier. And uh, he wants me to go not just to Hanoi, he wants me to go to Saigon. And, and, I'm just not, and I've asked the group that was down there with us, please pray. Uh, I, I don't need to be globetrotting, but if the Lord wants me to do it, uh, I'll do it. But I need to know that. I need to know that. I need to have confirmation. So please pray. Uh, I don't want to be anywhere. I, I don't want to be anywhere where the Lord hasn't led me or directed me to be. But on the, on the other side of the token, I want to be everywhere where he wants me to be, and no matter where that may be. Because, you know, wherever we find ourselves, when God is with us, that's the safest place to be, isn't it? God's faithful. He's going to keep us. So I, I just wanted to throw that out to you, uh, that uh, you might you know, pray. So uh, I need to get back to John within a couple days. And uh, so I, need, I really do need a quick answer. And I've got so much going on. It's kind of hard for me to even think about that at this particular point. And I don't mind going. The whole problem is I've got to build a curriculum. I've got to put together a curriculum for that. And that's, you know, I don't, I've <laughs> got enough going on without having to do that. So if you would really pray. So again, these storms, what they do is they strengthen the muscle of our faith. Remember what James says? We just did James, the book of James down at the castle. Uh, you know, when he says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. I think most of us are working on that. Okay? The joy part. You know, we have fallen into lots of trials, but, but the joy part. Count it all joy you know, when you fall into various trials. You know, knowing that the testing of your faith, it produces endurance. It produces perseverance. It produces patience. So there's, a, there's something that God is doing you know, in the testing of our faith and in the various and different trials. And, and, and I like what James said because sometimes this seems like you fall into it. <laughs> you, know, you, you didn't plan on it. It's just something that you kind of fell into. But we can rejoice because God is going to bring something blessed out of it. You know, God is going to bring something good out of it. You know, uh, the, Isaiah said he brings, uh, um, you know, he brings blessings out of our buffetings. Uh, he brings, you know, um, what's it, uh, beauty out of ashes. And so we have to realize that, it's, you know, as maybe we find ourselves in a difficult place. And so uh, as we look at here, verse 35, uh, he says it's the same day, a rather long day, evening had come. Uh, and he says to them, let us cross over to the other side. So whenever the Lord speaks, directing us, you know, in to do something, and particularly here for them is the other side, the fact of the matter is you're going to get there. If God says we're going to get there, 
you're going to get there. Uh, it may not be the way you planned. Um, uh, like Jonah, he was called to go to Nineveh, and he tried his best to get out of that. You don't even try to commit suicide by sailor, <laughs> when you think about it. You know, he, tells, he tells the sailors that are on board, you know, throw me over in the sea. And, and God just had a whale or something waiting there for him, and he was not going to extricate himself out of that particular situation. He was going to, he was going to get to his destination, and, and even though uh, he didn't like it, he got there, and he, he was kind of cranky. I mean, he was the reluctant prophet, wasn't he? I mean, even when he got there, he's kind of, you know, he preaches this message, and he's waiting for God to judge him. <laughs> and then the whole city repents, you know? And there's not a rejoicing bone in this guy's body. <laughs> I mean, we pray for revival. Lord, bring revival. You know, we'll, we'll just so rejoice when we see it. But it's amazing how sometimes we can just sort of get, you know, stuck in a certain kind of disposition. And, you know, we're no different than Jonah. Uh, you know, we have, you know, we have our issues and we have our way of viewing things and our perspective. And, and you know, the, the, the God Almighty, if we belong to him, he's working to extricate that and ex extract that out of us. And, and he uses circumstances. Uh, you know, sometimes, you know, you, it's, it's hard to believe sometimes the things, that the trials and the circumstances that we have to go through uh, for the Lord to do those kind of things. We could never figure that out. But God, in his infinite wisdom uh, and in his grace, he allows us to go through those certain things. And at the same time, too, we're drawing close to him. Uh, he's removing things. He's removing doubt and unbelief, besetting sins, all these kinds of things. And in its place, you know, faith is being built. You know, in its place, the Lord's grace is being poured, you know, into our life and into our particular situation. Now, the other side may be something or some particular place. Something that's new and unfamiliar to you or to me. But we need to just simply know this, that he's leading us. He's leading us. Uh, he's guiding us. He'll take care of us. And, and I think there was even perhaps some of them, uh, probably the fishermen thought, you know, well, we can handle this. Oh, yeah, some clouds over there. There's a storm maybe coming. <laughs> you know, uh, we, we can handle this. But, you know, you come to find out um, we need him. We need him. You know, there are certain things, certain situations in life that maybe before Christ we handled a certain way. And once you come to the Lord, you look back at maybe how you handled this situation or that one. You think, yeah, no problem, piece of cake. Um, and then you find out how difficult it is. Um, we find out how vulnerable we are. We find out truly. Because there's something about, you know, in human nature, it's this false bravado. Um, you know, that... Uh, you know, in our blindness, in our unbelief, you know, we tend to think that we're invincible and we can do this, that, and the other thing. But, you know, when you come to Christ, you know, he, 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 he takes that pride, he's extracting that pride, you know, out of us. And we realize how vulnerable we are. We, we, we understand it. And it's an ever, I think it's an ever-growing revelation. And, and it's not just to show us how weak we are, but it's really to show us how much we need him to create a dependence, you know, upon the Lord, the older that we get, the more that we know him. And I'll tell you what, that's a wonderful thing, because what Paul said is, when I am weak, then am I strong. He realized that his weakness was in himself, that it caused him to rely upon the Lord, and there was a strength that came to him in his situation, uh, because he was trusting him and looking to the Lord. Now they shove off here across the lake for a lovely little cruise. And, uh, you know, I've been on that lake. I've been on that lake about seven or eight times. Um, maybe it's seven. And there was one time, um, 
Then we're, you, you, you go out into, but that's part of the, part of the whole uh, Israel tour and that sort of thing, where you go out in these large boats, and probably, they're probably somewhat close uh, size-wise to the, to the fishing boats of old. Uh, there was all kinds of different fishing boats, but some of them were big ships in order to carry these big heavy nets and, and so forth. But I remember we were out there, and we were singing. We had a Bible study out there, and the sun was shining. But all of a sudden, we turned to go in. We, we turned to go in, and, and, and man, the wind hit us, the waves, the waves are crashing over the bow. And it wasn't anything dangerous, but it was just kind of, it was a little tutorial in a sense of how quickly that Sea of Galilee could go from a place of calm uh, and, and all of a sudden, you know, to, into, into agitation and waves. Uh, one morning, um, Margie and I were in uh, Tiberias. We were on a tour in Tiberias. And, uh, and Tiberias is on the western side of the Sea of Galilee uh, in the northern sector. And we're looking across at the Golan Heights and the sun coming up and the seagulls and the little boats. And it was so placid and calm. And all of a sudden, here's boom, boom, boom. And I'm thinking perhaps... It's artillery in the distance. But it was a storm. It was a storm coming off of the Mediterranean. And we're out on the balcony, and all of a sudden, on this, this beautiful morning, I think it had to be probably close to 70 degrees, all of a sudden, uh, there's sleet uh, and hail coming in and just blowing in over the lake just like that that quickly. Uh, so that's what they had to deal with. Uh, and, and they were somewhat, you know, the... the Peter, James, and John, and uh, Andrew, they were familiar with this to a certain degree because they were fishermen. So they, they embark on this little, and, and you know, it's not all that far. It's not all that far from the one side to the other. And when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats, a little armada, uh, so to speak, was, was with them. You know, you know the, the scripture says we don't know what a day may bring forth. I remember Jesus said each day has its trouble of its own. I think that's important, too. That's why we, we need to pray. Uh, we don't know, what, uh, you know what, what's going to happen around the corner, what's going to happen later on in the day. I, I think it's very important that, uh, you know, that we're praying, we're seeking his will, that we can handle those things that come along because you, you can't handle them. Uh, you know, the thing is we can't, we can't live this week on last week's grace. We need fresh, you know, impartation. Uh, the Bible, you know, one of the things that the Bible speaks about, you know, ra- rising up every morning and getting with God, spending time with Him. Again, we don't know. I re- uh, we were in the we were in the old church um, on 9/11, and it was a Tuesday morning. We were praying. Distinctly remember that we were in prayer. We got a we got a note. Um, came came to prayer that uh, the uh, one of the planes had just hit uh, the South Tower or something like that, and. And so we were praying, and then uh, we got another note uh, not too long afterwards that a, that a second plane. And so we had a little TV in the church at the time. And I, one of the things I distinctly remember is, is this tragedy unfolding with the billowing smoke on a perfectly blue skyline. It, it, was, such, it was such an incredible picture to see the, the, just a beautiful September day. Um, and I imagine there, there was many people you know, that went into those, um, those two buildings that day in the morning, not realizing that if they would ever get out again, and many of them didn't. So I think it's very important. We don't know what a day, what, a, what, what you know, you embark on something. You never know 
uh, how that's going to unfold, and that's why we need him. We want him uh, to be at work within our lives. It was another beautiful day, too, that uh, Margie and I went biking. And uh, we, um, it was just a beautiful, beautiful Friday, and uh, we were planning our day, and we were just going to do some biking um, over in Durant Eastman Park, and, and so we parked you know, up uh, on Lakeshore Boulevard High there, and we're going to go down that winding thing, and uh, our son lived over, lives over in, on Ladder Road, so we were going to go uh, down Lakeshore and over uh, Pattonwood and all that, and as we're going down, and uh, I'm, I'm always trying to, you know, take care of her, and um, uh, so I, I, I give her my MP3 player. To, to, so she can be entertained or biking. And um, so we're going down this hill, and we must be going maybe, maybe 20 miles an hour. And she's trying to adjust her, her um, um, MP3 player. And uh, don't know exactly what happened, but um, she flew over the bars like this, and did a three-point landing on her finger, which was broken, on her knee, which is shattered, and on her face. And I felt so horrifically horrible um, that that happened um, because I came back. I heard it. I heard it because I was a little bit ahead of her, and I heard it, and I came back. And, um, and for uh, the rest of the day, we were in the hospital. And, uh, and then for the next morning, six hours in surgery, uh, reconstructing her elbow. And um, you never know what's going to transpire, what's going to take place in a day. That's why we, and, and it's funny too, it was really interesting, not funny, but weird and odd in the sense that I said to her, and I always do this, I'm always wearing my helmet. And I said, honey, before we left, uh, you want your helmet? She says, no, nah, I don't think we'll need it today. <laughs> and I didn't wear my helmet either. It was like the first time ever I didn't wear my helmet. And uh, we had this horrific accident. And, um, and I think, uh, you know, it just reminds me, we need to put on the helmet of salvation every day, right? Uh, you know, we need to put on the breastplate of righteousness every day, you know, in our relationship with the Lord because we never know how we're going to be challenged or what we have to face. Now, coming to verse 37. Uh, a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was filling. In other words, the boat was very simply beginning to sink at this particular point. You know, God's people throughout history have always had to navigate through difficult things and storms and things of that particular nature. But how important it is for us to know that He is sovereign. He's in control. I think that's difficult for us when it looks and it appears to be everything's out of control. You ever been in a trial like that? It just seems like, you know, Lord, where are you? <laughs> Lord, what's going on? He's sovereign. He sees it. He knows. He's, he's there. He's going to watch over us. He's sovereign over men. Uh, the things that, uh, you know, even that people try to do to us. He's sovereign over devils, all those sorts of things. And, and I think that when you look at this here, there's a wonderful truth encapsulated for us in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we're familiar with that verse. For we know, 
that all things work together for the good. To those who love God, that, that qualifies it. It's not for everybody. But only for those, all things work together for the good, for only for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And see, here's the thing. We know. We know it theoretically. We've read the verse so many times. We agree with it. We believe it. We love it. But then what happens is when we're learning that verse experientially, that that truth is being impressed upon our heart like it never has before. Because, see, there's a lot of truths like that, that theoretically we know a lot of things. We know a lot of verses. We read the Bible. We smile. Wow, that's a wonderful truth. We highlight it. We underline it. We, 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 you know, we agree with it totally, but then we're learning it in our experience. And I'll tell you what, that's more than theory. That's more than just intellectual assent. And that's really where our faith is tested. Our faith isn't tested when we, we're reading the Bible and we simply agree with that or we even, we even commit it to memory. There's a whole experiential side to it. That when God begins to work that truth into our life, are we going to trust him then? Are we going to continue to agree with him and and cooperate and allow him to do whatever he wants to do? I think sometimes trials get averted. It was, in a sense, it's like the children of Israel. It used to be a song back in the 70s about the children of Israel. And the, the, the refrain of the song was, another lap around Mount Sinai. (laughs) <laughs> you ever sometimes get tired doing laps <laughs> laps around the mountain let's go let's try this one again and that's why we we don't want to avert trials we don't want to welcome them but if we avert them you just got to go through it again you got to go through it again i used to remember when i came to my father spanking me Said, so you want to stay in or you want to get spanked? Always one thing, spank me. Get it over with quick. <laughs> I've liked, I like that philosophy too with the Lord. Get it over quick. Let's, let's go through it. Let's do it. You know. <laughs> well on me. <laughs> so a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat and Everybody's beginning to freak out because it's filling, it's beginning to sink. You know, Psalm 107 reminds us of what God does through the storms. I want you to turn there, and there's Psalm 107, if you're familiar with it at all. It's a whole bunch of circumstances where God's people are where people come to know and see God's hand in their particular trial. Again, as you read that, there's... Let's see, one, there's at least four um, circumstances and situations here where people are going through things, and then there's the revelation of God that takes place in it to their heart and mind. In verse 23, he says, Those who go down to the sea in ships, who do business in great waters. These are business people. These these, These could be men of the world, people that travel all the time. They see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commands and raises the stormy wind. You know, remember that this, 
with all the crazy weather that's going on, God's the weatherman. Read Job 37. God controls the weather. He's working a purpose. He says, which lifts up the waves of the sea, they mount up to the heavens, they go down again to the depths. Their soul melts because of trouble. And you know what? That can, that's, that can be a very good thing where, where the pride is being melted. And, and God is trying to get to that person because you know what? We do our very best you know, to, to protect ourselves to insulate ourselves, to isolate ourselves. But God can use circumstances to break through those things to get our attention. Their soul melts because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man are at their wit's end. Man, God loves, I think, to bring, you know, arrogant people, proud people, self-reliant people to that place where they're at their wit's end. Because we're resourceful people, especially we Americans, because we got a lot of resources. And sometimes God has to work to, to bring us to that place, to the end of ourself, to our wit's end. Now notice verse 28. Then they cry to the Lord in their trouble. He brings them out of their distresses. Remember, that's the best thing. That's the most efficient thing that we can do when we find ourselves in the trial you know, of our life. Cry out to the Lord. We need to do that too. Not, not just a person who initially does that, but that reaching out for him, crying out, Lord, help me. He brings them out of their distresses. He calms the storm. So that the waves are still. Then they are glad because they are quiet. And so he guides them to their desired haven. And here's the refrain. Here's the, the, verse 31 is the refrain. I think it's in here four times in the psalm. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Oh, how important it is to be thankful. And, and sometimes it's, it's a, it can be a near-death experience. That all of a sudden, awaken someone with, with a gratitude for life. He does those things. Now, verse 38. But he was in the stern, asleep on the pillow. You know, the rear of the boat is the safest place because the front of it's going like this. And, and, and so the rear, the stern, uh, moves the least. And so the Lord, obviously, he knew that. And so um, he knew there was, no doubt, he knew there was going to be a storm. So he gets the safest little place there in the boat. He's on basically the pilot's pillow. Um, and, and he's perfectly at peace when everyone else is in panic. You know, I think as we trust him, that can sometimes, uh, uh, that could be us. I, I think Paul, uh, when, when the ship was, you know, in Acts 27, when that ship was about to uh, fall apart uh, in that incredible storm that drove them. Can you imagine being driven 
you know, for, what was it two weeks? Was it about two weeks that they were just driven uh, up and down the, 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 the sea? Nobody's eating because nobody can eat. <laughs> and I imagine people were in panic thinking, this is it. You know, they're praying to their gods. God And God has a visitation for Paul. And in the midst of it all, I think Paul had a peace. There, there's a peace that can come into our life from the presence of the Lord as we're trusting him. Even though things are falling apart around us. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? You know, there are going to come trials in our life where it seems to be that God doesn't care. But he does. He cares so much that he's allowed that, that there's a purpose there, that oftentimes in our finite understanding, our limited understanding, that we, it just seems like, well, Lord, where are you? Where are you in my trial? What's going on? Don't you care? There's an old song we used to sing, and it's from, I think, First uh, Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Uh, Casting all our care upon him, because he cares for you. We need to do that. And how do you do that? You do that by prayer. Your, your cares are your anxieties, your worries, your fears. And we need to cast them upon the Lord. There was, uh, I was just reading in one of the Psalms or Proverbs, I forget which one it was, uh, but uh, the Hebrew word, uh, for our English word, commit, it said, commit your way unto the Lord and he'll bring it, he'll bring it to pass. The, the Hebrew word is to roll it over. In other words, it's like this big stone. It's like these heavy things that we take on ourselves that we think we can carry, but we can't carry. And we need to roll them over on the Lord. Remember he says, the government will be upon my shoulders. Are, are we allowing him to be our governor? Are we casting all our cares upon him? All our cares, it says. Casting all your cares upon him because he cares for us. How many times have we worried about so many things that never came to pass? I think there's a lot of worry and anxiety and fear that goes on. It never takes place. It never happens. You know, Paul said that what? We can have the mind of Christ. We can have a different perspective. We can think the way God thinks because we have the Holy Spirit. And I'm not saying we, we can think like that all the time, but we need to be able to think like that in these kind of situations where we can cast our care, we can turn them over, we can give them over. And again, this storm here, it, it, was, a, it was an absolute necessity for their spiritual de development, just like it is for you and I. And again, one of, I think one of the most enduring promises of, of all Scripture is I will be with you even to the end of the age. But what happens is we don't feel like he's with us. Because a lot of times we're, we're, we're just like, we're emotional creatures. And it's a wonderful thing sometimes when you feel the presence of the Lord. But for the most part, you don't. I know I don't. I think when I was a brand new believer, I mean, you know, I'm always getting holy goosebumps and holy, you know, um, 
feelings and that sort of thing. Oh, the presence of the Lord. You know, as a, as a, as a new Christian, I needed that. But as we grow, he doesn't want us just to be living by feelings and emotions. He wants us to be walking by faith and trusting him. You know, believing his word as he's led us and directed us in a particular certain way. Now he says he arose and he rebuked the wind, said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. I think, I believe here, in this situation that he was speaking to the demonic forces that were trying to sink that boat. We see that in the book of Job. You know, the devil had a, has a, had a certain power, that is. And over history, he's tried to destroy people so many different times. And I really believe that he is speaking here when he rebukes the wind. And what you'll notice here, too, it's always the intervention of his word that calms the storm, stops the turmoil, imparts the peace, settles the heart. You know, Jesus uh, said it like this over in John uh, chapter 16, verse 33 said, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. Now, notice what he said, in me. Because in the circumstances, you don't have peace. The peace only comes as you're in Christ and you're trusting him. He says, So I've spoken to you these things, that in me you, you should have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation or trials. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Others are saying, smile. <laughs> you know, be careful that your trials aren't just beating you up all the time, oppressing you, or making you depressed, because they can do that. Be of good cheer. If you belong to him, you can be, you can be blessed because you're in him. And he's always going to bring a good outcome for you and I, for the child of God. He always does that, even though when you're in the midst of it, it doesn't feel like it, you can't see it. But that's, again, where faith comes in, according to his word. And again, notice here, it's his word that stops all the craziness and all the turmoil. And imagine, too, the reaction of the disciples. He stands up, he rebukes the wind and the sea, and, like, and I imagine it just like it went, pow, shoo. Everybody's going, whoa. I think anybody would have done that, right? It's like, they're like, who, who is this? There was a Danish king about a thousand years ago. His name was King Canute. And uh, uh, his nobles were always heaping this praise. Um, it was just endless flattery, praise. For the things that he did not, and he was sick of it. He was a, he was a sick. He wanted to teach him a lesson, so uh, he ordered them to take his throne down to the ocean. And at low tide, he set it. They had it, they set it right, um, you know, in the in the sand there where the water would come in. And so he's sitting in there with his cr in the chair with his crown on his head. And as the water's coming in, he's commanding it to stop. 
It keeps coming in, wave after wave after wave. And he's, and he's commanding it all along, stop. And finally, it's just the waves are breaking over his chair, and his nobles run out, and they grab his chair. He gets back to his castle. He's trying to teach them a lesson. He gets back to his castle. He's never, he is never going to wear his crown again. He takes his crown, and he goes over, and he puts it on a statue of the crucified Christ. <laughs> In other words, he didn't want their praise anymore. That's where the praise goes. The praise goes to Jesus. Because he's, he's the one that can command and stop the waves and the storms and the turmoil and all the other stuff that's too much for us. Yeah, we, I, you know, I've not been able to stop one wave yet. <laughs> but he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? You know, I think many issues in life are answered either by fear or faith. I think there's a lot of things that we re- respond or re- react out of, out of fear. Uh, not, not all fear is bad. But fear isn't good when we need to have faith, when we need to trust him, when we need to look to him. And, and remember here, here's what Jesus said, we're going to the other side. We are going to go to the other side. I think initially they believed him, but when circumstances began to change, they discovered that their faith was only skin deep. He says, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? I think we need to remember this. When the Lord sends you to the other side, your boat's not going to sink. And this also, the storm will not last forever. My mother was afraid of storms, and whenever there were storms and lightning, we used to have a lot of them in Pennsylvania. She'd grab me, and we'd go hide in the closet. (laughs) I heard of a guy that, was so afraid of storms because he got struck with lightning 17 times. Can you imagine that? It seemed to be wherever he ran and hit, he got hit with lightning. <laughs> I, I would assume he turned to the Lord at some point. But again, if the Lord tells us to get into a situation, get into the boat, it's not going to sink. And praise God, storms will come, but they won't last forever. God is faithful. He's going to bring us through whatever storm that we find ourselves in right now. So what we see here, basically, is a learning curve for them and actually for every child of God. Because, you know, we've we've seen the Lord, you know, do things... But to speak to the storm, to speak to the situation is something that they had never seen before. They understood immediately that he had power over nature. 
But you know also to praise God, he has got power. over human nature. But you know what I love about the Lord? He's given us free will. He can disorder the, the storm, the sea. Stop! But he wants us to cooperate with him. He wants us to yield to him. He just simply wants us. He doesn't want to force. He could. He could easily do that. And God is interesting in ways and means when he wants us to do something. But he simply wants us to respond. To just yield you know, to his prompting, to his leading, to his guiding. You know, this event here basically, I think, challenged everything they knew about him. Everything they knew about him, everything they understood. Because all of a sudden, this isn't just some faith healer. This is somebody who has power over the elements. And I think there was a dawning, a dawning revelation that who they were dealing with was God come in the flesh, second person of the Trinity. That Messiah was just more than a man, <laughs> that he was the God man. In closing, I want to just read something by an author that I've read. Uh, name is Ray Stedman. He makes his comment on verse 41. He says, The disciples were terrified. They were filled with fear. But it was a different kind of fear than they had earlier. Before they felt a cowardly fear. Now they are filled with a terror that is akin to awe and worship. Out of the failure of their faith came a deeper insight, a glimpse into the mystery of Jesus' personhood and godhood. They had seen him heal the sick, cast out demons. They had known he was someone special, but they hadn't begun to plumb the depths of who Jesus was, for he was the great I am. Now as he demonstrates his authority over the wind and sea, they find themselves in the presence of a deep mystery. They are filled with a terrified awe, as well they should be. And so they ask each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. The wonderful thing about this incident is even though the disciples flunked their examination of faith, the groundwork was laid for a new and deeper understanding of faith. Their failure opened the possibility for a new expression of faith to come. And this is the way that God works in our lives as well. He tests our faith in order that we might grow. As faith grows, we see that he is able to handle each problem in our lives. Even if our faith is weak, he still will not let us collapse. He will hold us up and see us through, and in the process, he will lay the foundation for a new glimpse of his might and of his power. Let's pray. Father, help us, Lord, we pray, 
that we don't just go through trials, but Lord, that we would grow through trials. And that, Lord, we would see you. We would grow closer to you. That we would know you, Lord, a little bit better than we did, Lord, before the trial. And, Father, I want to pray for us relative to these, to the very trials, perhaps, that we're in today. Lord, we know that nothing is too big Nothing is too difficult. Nothing is too hard for you. They are for us, Lord. So I pray, Father, help us, we pray, Lord, to cast all our cares upon you. Help us to trust you. Help us, Lord, to look to you anew, afresh. For, Lord, we thank you. We understand this, that your purpose and your plan for us is good. And help us, Lord, we pray, to not be so dependent upon our feelings, our emotions, but upon your word. Lord, just trusting, believing that you do work all things to the good. Because, Lord, you love us and we love you. And, Lord, we praise you and thank you. And, Lord, go with us, we pray. Help us, we pray, to walk, Lord, that that life of faith that you've called us to. For we give you praise and honor and glory, dear Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.